0: red river podcast episode number 97 um we get a chance to talk to jameson ketchum uh jameson reached out he wrote a book uh, it's pretty much about music and your, your your life is like a rock journalist and and going on tour with some bands and stuff like that and you know we're super heavy on the music and stuff so um uh, man welcome thanks for doing the show
1: yeah thank you guys i know we've been trying to make it work for a while so i'm stoked to finally be doing it
0: for sure. I mean and and you stumbled onto us through Mike Henneberger, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mike is the man. I still talk to him a couple of times a week, just comparing notes on on book stuff. And yeah, that dude is a is a worker. He's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so real quick, like I, I know this is your second book. Um, the first thing I, I couldn't really figure out what it was, but uh, let's just go to this. So, name dropping, seeking creative truth through trendy altruism and punk rock, which is a a pretty long title, uh, but definitely reminiscent of the song titles of the the bands that you seem to like. So that's pretty funny too. <laughs> uh,
1: think about that. I'm going to start saying
0: that now. <laughs> yeah, because you know what it was like growing up, like the, like we're a little older. So like those bands that, that you mentioned, um, I, I don't really know much of them, but like obviously Taking Back Sunday is a local band. I know the guys and whoever else like I feel like that era was like all these like super long titles that had nothing to do with the yeah. song. <laughs> that
1: but is true. you guys are in Long Island, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Long Island. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, this has a lot to do, the title does have a lot to do with the book. So, uh, what made you want to write this? This is definitely, it seems to be like your perspective, your life and some interesting topics. So, um, if just, just tell me what, what made you write it?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I certainly had always just had this really big goal. Like what if I could ever write a book just being a nerd about writing and about reading in general. And I just thought that's so impossible. That's something you do when you're in your fifties and you have all this extra time. Not something you do in your late twenties or early thirties. Um but I just I started writing out some stories from tour that I just thought were funny and I was just going to share with kind of the people that were there. And after a while I was like, man, like I kind of can't stop writing these stories. Like and I and then I thought, oh I have these stories from when I have a podcast or when I uh you know spent time as an editor at Substream. Like I just I started pulling from all these different parts of life and I thought if I can find a connector that could actually make this a book and not just like a series of blog posts then and I'll do it. And hopefully I've, I've had other people say like, Oh, it's almost like an essay collection or like vignettes and stuff, which is totally fine. Uh, but the connector being that I, I don't think I'd really sat down and assessed how impactful music had been to my life. And then hopefully I try to explore too, like how, you know, to broaden that beyond just me and say, man, this is a thing that most of us listen to every day. Even if it's on in the background, it's still there. It's still present. Uh, but let's, let's look at it a little deeper and what it actually means to us.
2: Yeah, maybe gr- you could tell us a little bit too. But you know your background, where where you where you came up from, what like brought you into being a music lover. Like, what was your early exposure? What?
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm the youngest of three brothers, so a lot a lot of people have this experience where you know you stole your brother's CDs and tapes and stuff. And yeah, yeah, you're right. you yeah, and like all your taste really was dictated by them, uh, at least to start with. So it was a lot of, uh, I, I mean, I remember listening to Dookie, listening to Green Day in like third grade and thinking like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. And of course, as an adult, you're like, why would I should not have been listening to that? These are very adult themes <laughs> about, about mental health and, and sex and all kinds of things. But in third grade, you're like, yeah, this guy gets me. <laughs> so stuff like Green Day was huge. I, I grew up in the church, so definitely a lot of youth group type bands, um, stuff like dc talk or newsboys where again hearing that stuff and just being like this is the heaviest music i've ever heard this is you know like this is just so it's something just very unexplainable
0: yeah for i I just i I just want to cut you off for a second too because it's interesting like uh, another part of your story is is like the religious roots of it you know And, and like me and brian are like complete like neanderthals like the fact that you even said dookie had adult themes i'm thinking like did it really like I don't remember a third
1: grader. I don't
0: I mean even like I don't remember uh w- like yeah but I mean you know that's your perspective for sure. And and so growing up like I guess like my grandmother let's say was like religious. And I'm sure all of us were somewhat t- like I went to Catholic school for the fi- first sure. fifth, five years or whatever I don't know fifth fifth grade. And to me like I just looked at it and I was like this is just not my thing. So I never really took part of it but for some reason it it got to you so like growing up was there some sort of like oh this is just the way it is did you
1: ever question it I don't think much questioning came about until maybe I mean the the really hardcore questioning was certainly like in the college I think I think most people that grew up the same way that I did have a similar trajectory as far as uh you know went to youth group and listened to punk bands that were safe and had the poster that was like, hey, if you like uh, Nirvana, you should listen to Skillet. Like we all had a lot, a lot of the friends I still have today have a lot of the same stories like that. Um, But I think questioning came, even some in junior high and high school. But at the same time, I think the the impact that the music had on me at the time, it wasn't about, I I don't think I had a sense of uh, this music is connected to God somehow, or it's somehow this magical spiritual thing. It was more of that's that's what was accepted that's what my friends listened to that's what my parents were okay with and I think a big theme in the book is discovering that for one than not all those bands were what they said they were and they weren't as yeah. awesome <laughs> and and every, what they sold this wasn't all true and then on the flip side of that that there were bands that didn't carry that message that were way more spiritually impactful to me later on and it was just cool to to think about like oh yeah it's not it's not that cut and dry you know
0: so the, the two older siblings, uh, I mean, I guess they were they kind of also falling in line with that because if they had Dookie, uh, I mean, I w- did your parents approve of something mm-hmm. like Dookie or, or were they just doing their own thing?
1: Uh, no. So I I, me- I got Dookie from a friend. Uh, my okay. older brothers were, I remember my oldest brother came home with the Shaq Diesel take. Shaq's first, the rapper. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I tried to find it on YouTube the other day. Like, I mean, of course it's there, but I I didn't remember the songs as well as I had thought. But I remember, you know, he said "damn" in a couple of songs. Like, it was a very tame album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like that was enough to like get it put in the closet, out of our reach for you know until until the parents were gone that we could get it down and jam out as much as I do. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. I think cat- we
2: all had those kind of experiences, stuff like I always I tell the story. I had a mentor's record. Mm-hmm. And wow. I hid it in my I hid it in my closet, and one day I came home and my mom cleaned my room, and the mentor's record was gone, but we never spoke about it. <laughs> like it was yeah. too uncomfortable like where's my mentor's record it might well <laughs> <been good.
0: laughs> yeah that 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 for sure that that record um but d c talk was something that we always like i remember i know Brian remembers too um, mm-hmm. you know it's like um Yeah, like, we and Striper, too, because we were, like, old, like, we grew up, you know, in that that 80s, like, metal world, like, you know, like, just at the tail end of it, and Striper was one of those things, you know, and we, I'm always fascinated by people, like, so growing up, like, me personally, like, I didn't give a fuck about, like, my parents, I just, I'm like, I don't care, like, there was no, I, not that I wanted to disappoint them, but their approval meant shit to me. (laughs) So I'm always fascinated by the flip side of like, you know, like the the compliance or like, you know, if someone is just like, you know, you either look at your parents as like, you know, in a rebellious way or like these are my
1: heroes and stuff. So um, Yeah and I, I think I was somewhere in the middle. I I love that I'm glad that you guys know stuff like DC Talk and Newsboys. Oh, Boys, yeah, yeah. Right? From doing from doing a few of these interviews about the book, I, I've discovered that like once somebody's like, Oh, like I know DC Talk or I know Newsboys, you're like, ah, my friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They
0: they're, they're they're like the Led Zeppelin of of Christian uh music for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and well, all
0: I I was gonna say real quick, so I also I'm gonna fast forward a little bit for me. Um I had no idea. So I was a big Pedro the Lion fan. Um are you familiar? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. So and I had no idea they're kind of like early beginnings. And I remember going to this show at North Six in Brooklyn, back when it was North Six. And uh I, I just didn't put two and two together. And in between the songs, David, the singer, you know, he answers questions (laughs) and I'm sitting there talking to this girl, right. I'm like, kind of like flirting with her, kicking it with her and all this other shit. And we're just hanging out, watching the show. And then he stops the song, uh, you know, in between songs and he's like, all right, any questions? And she's like, Oh, let me ask a question real quick. And then she's like, where do you find the love of Jesus Christ in your life right now? And I was just like, Whoa. I'm like, yo, what do we, um, it just like blew my mind. And he was like, well, that's kind of like a big personal question. She's like, but if you find me after the show, like, we'll talk about it. And wow. it, that, that was the first time where I, I asked my friend, I was like, are they like, <laughs> I had no idea. I'm like, I love, I love them. But they, they, they and later on he, he, um I mean, you know, the story, right. How he just, kind of almost yeah. like left the church, interesting stuff. So, but that, <laughs> that's my, my small interaction. So, but yeah, b- back to you. So growing up music was a big deal and uh, somewhere along the way, uh, did you ever want to play in a band?
1: Yeah, I, I really wanted to. Um, I just have no talent whatsoever. And it's, I, I feel like this is a recurring theme where like I fall in with a group of friends and they all do a thing and I'm like, Oh, I'll pick that thing up like skateboarding and just never being able to do it or never being able to play guitar. And I'm sure I didn't give it enough of a chance at all. Um, you you could write. probably. You yeah, could write. well, yeah. it, I think it just, yeah, it just came down to, like, this would be cool. Like, if I could snap my fingers and have this talent, sure, but I don't have the same drive for wanting to learn an instrument or be in a band or be on stage. Like, all the background stuff sounded way more cool to me, I think. Um, but I, I love that the design story i it's uh, he's i've never been the biggest pedro fan necessarily but his whole story and stuff the way that people have reacted to it and have put him on this pedestal for that type of thing has been has been fascinating but oh yeah, really I,
0: just- I didn't know that that's like um i just knew you know just very little and then i know the documentary just came out like a year ago and yeah. um yeah just interesting stuff you know like a very honest and conflicted but I had just no idea. I was like, I just like, it's hard to find a friend. Yeah. I thought that record was great. And musically for when I started writing songs, like that record influenced me where most of my friends were listening to like hardcore uh, and all this other shit. To me, I, I found Pedro the Lion, Pavement, like Lemonheads, like all that early nineties, like uh, alt rock
1: shit. So, um, oh, so it, go ahead. Okay. Oh, no, I'm I'm just always curious because I feel like, There were all these bands, like a large era that I talk about in the book is sort of the golden, quote, golden era of Tooth and Nail, um, which was Amberlynn, MXPX, Under Oath, all that stuff. And I know that those bands weren't overly preachy or anything. So I always wondered, I guess, what the average fan, if they were, if an average fan that wasn't coming there because they, you know, heard him at youth group if they were still pulling some sort of like spiritual message or if, if what they were, if they were getting the same thing out of it, maybe that like church kids were, or if they were even aware, you know?
2: Yeah. How important was like uh, the message as far as like, like, did you ever hear a band like you really liked, but like you weren't really feeling what they were talking about and you're like, you know what, I'm going to leave that alone. Like where did you separate the art from the artist Like, I don't like, like for me, like, I love Ted Nugent's Stranglehold. I know I, I don't agree with the word the guy says, but I, I fuck with Ted Nugent, you know what I mean?
0: I, I fuck with that song. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> no, and that's, I mean, that's been such a big thing lately with all the, like, um, you know, stuff coming out of a band. Every, you know, you hear about a band that you love and there's some, you know, oh, this guy used to, you know, hit on 14-year-olds and you're like, oh, man, like, I, yeah, you have to, like, battle that yourself. You're never, obviously, you're not like, well, I can excuse it because he's a great songwriter. But, yeah, that art versus artist thing is is really tough. I don't think that – i I'm thankful that I don't feel like I ever had too much of a, um, okay, I'm going to go see this band because they're Christian because they talk about this. Oh, no, I just saw the guy smoking a cigarette out back. I'm done with them. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I just really, really had a disdain for the fans that I knew and the friends that I had that would do that kind of thing. I mean
0: – Yeah, that, one of the, that, go ahead. No, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, the,
1: Yeah, one of the first publications i worked at uh the editor was sort of that way it was like hey we got this interview coming out with this band great okay we're all fans and then a day or two later it'd be like ah, you know i read this other interview with him where he was you know pretty against calling himself a christian band and then he talked about his divorce and he talked about you know getting into alcohol like just stuff that's like yeah like because life is hard man like life is hard yeah they're humans too yeah like well they're not in our club anymore feature them like i i just hated that it's too murky anyway
0: no no it's same thing like even like i you know straight edge stuff you know like any band that that you know and that that's the one thing about taking a stance on certain things (laughs) like it's like as you evolve and grow as a person like sometimes you make mistakes and stuff like that but it's just for me like i've been given a hundred chances you know so it's like i don't know whoever i was at 20 isn't who i was at 30 who isn't you know what it was at 40 as far as like mistakes so anytime you know someone does some fucked up shit like i i I don't care i mean shit me and him listen to Gigi allen you know and he's fucking (laughs) Yeah
2: before the grace of god go i right (laughs) yeah that's what they say
0: yeah yeah so to me like you know you could do whatever you want but like yeah it's it's funny that that i didn't even think of that perspective like you know with these bands growing up that like a cigarette is enough to like be like all right we can't you know fuck with you so um yeah man, so it takes a nation for sure so like the, the music scene like I, I had this conversation with with a video director just recently where if you don't play in a band there's you know you, you write about it or you you know you, you <laughs> film a video or like you know you create a zine you know what I'm saying like it's, there's so many parts to like this music scene and, uh, somewhere along the way, you just like carve out, like, uh, what was like your earliest, like writing assignment or, or like the time that you knew that this is what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah. I, I, so I thought I, when I was kind of going back to journals and and putting stories in the book, um, I don't know how this one got left out. So I, I didn't put it in the book and I haven't talked about it yet, but it's my, the first time I interviewed someone like of, of notoriety was somebody from Bleeding Through. And I was at a, I was, I talk about this in the book. I was at an internship at To Write Love on Our Arms at the time, a nonprofit organization down in Florida. And I had, so I'd never interviewed anyone over the phone. I was like, how do you record this? Like, this is 2007, 2008. So I had no way to record it. I was just like, but I said yes. And I definitely got there with like, not like fake credentials, but I was like, I should not, my first interview should not be somebody from Bleeding Through. Probably not, Right. I got on my, I called him, I got, I started asking questions and I typed as he talked. <laughs> oh, wow. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. It was real dumb. It was real dumb to do, but I just had no other way to yeah. do it. And it was from like this, it was for like an online zine and stuff, but I was like, I remember getting done and I did fine. Like I caught, I kind of like caught up with him enough uh, to make it work, but I was like, that's, that was really thrilling. And there's so many bands and it wasn't a big bleeding through fan, but I was like, there's so many bands that I'm at this point so obsessed with and would pay so much money to sit down with and ask whatever I want. Um, and then basically realizing, Oh, there's a profession that allows that. <clears throat> and and if I can start with fans either that I'm not a fan of or local bands or whatever, and just climb the ladder, then great. Like then I can be, hopefully one day I'll be sitting in front of Amberlin or MXPX and, and that all happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it was just figuring out, I have this really big obsession with music. I have no way in as far as talent of playing something or singing. What do I enjoy over here that I can possibly marry to my obsession with music? And that became a thing I think throughout my career so far that I always tried to encourage people about. Like I I had a close friend who was a hairdresser and she's like, so this is what I do. Like I'm a hairdresser by profession. Uh, but I also go to shows all the time and I love like that whole scene and atmosphere of bands and all that, like, but you know, what I do so far apart and it's like, there's, there's almost always a way, you know, like, and then she's giving, you know, haircuts to bands and stuff like there's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. To find the weird thing that you do over here and try to, try to, you know, wedge it into your obsession. So.
0: Well, because we're, we're so, like, all three of us, for sure, we're so driven by music to this day. Like, I'm 43, and it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, it was always a big deal to me. If I'm in the car, you know, like, that meme, it's, like, I need a playlist to, to go to, you know, like, today I got to go yeah. food shopping. I'm going to have m- these headphones on mm-hmm. listening to either a podcast about music or, like, or yeah. a playlist because it's just – Everything about it is just, you know, a soundtrack. So when you're so passionate about something, you just want to be involved. And, and I feel like that's what you did. You know, you found a way. Did you ever go see a show and review it?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't love doing that. I didn't love. It's tough, that. right? It's so hard. Right. Like if you don't because yeah. you you don't want to be like, oh, yeah,
0: this band kind of sucked. Like you can't because other than, if that's the case, you're going to like eventually people are going to be like, I fucking hate this guy.
1: Yeah, I, I've done hundreds of album reviews, and I used to really enjoy it, and I, I'll still do them from time to time. But I, I remember hitting this brick wall of just like, who am I? Who am I to say this is like, you know, bad or it's okay or like when I when I when you've been around bands and what they do in the studio and how much work goes into that to have this little writer in his basement be like, it wasn't that great. <laughs> like I was like, I can't, I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's so, true. Even like, yeah. mo- like movie reviews, like all this other stuff. Like well, like I know, like even on Facebook, like if I knock something, it might derail three people from watching it. So I'm yeah. like super careful because I'm like, all right, it's not for me. Maybe right. you'll like exactly.
2: it. Exactly. Like this, this is why it didn't work for me. Yeah. yeah like yeah. It. So it's always for me, you know, because you might love it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like Nickelback is like a a punchline, but go to their shows. I guarantee you they're an amazing live band, and I guarantee you there's at least 10,000 people there that are very happy to be there. So it's like, who am I?
1: And we all know a song. We all know at least one Nickelback song. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I probably know at least four or five. No, no, I do. And and even even
0: album reviews. So like, it's, do you, so- the assignment, right? Like w- whatever you were writing for, like, let's say it's something, a record that you don't like, a uh, uh, particularly like, but you know, it's good. Like, how do you, how do you dance around that in, in an honest, uh, and fair way?
1: Yeah, I think, I think what I ended up doing a lot was, especially if it was a band I wasn't super familiar with, um, not only would I go back and listen to as much of their other stuff as I could, but I think the angle I would end up taking is how does it differ or how is it similar to what you you just heard from the last record or the last two um it would be it, it, i think i just found it easier to start being like okay thrice just went in this totally different direction um here's what it sounds like here's where you might be surprised and and yeah kind of in a in a more eloquent way saying like here's why you might not like it if you were already you know into them because of this or that
0: yeah now that's a band that took a thrice took some some turns that's a band i know i really like that band so uh they started off you know very hooky but they had like these iron maiden like harmony guitars and then artists in the ambulance came out and it kind of like shook everything it was like okay yeah. this this is like our peak and then they come out with like the shoe probably afterwards if, if i remember correctly right. uh and that's a band that just continued to evolve and i i think now that they're definitely like it, it's amazing like now they just do whatever they want and stuff so
1: I've been seeing. I haven't heard too much of their new stuff, but I'm I'm on like a thrice fan page on Facebook and it's getting a lot of crap their new stuff saying like oh, they're just trying to be radiohead and so I, I gotta catch up, but they're you're right. they're the band to site of just like sharp right turn. never thought of that coming and and I don't know like I admire the bands though that are kind of just like, yeah, I mean, we might have lost some people on that one, but what you want us to keep making the artist an ambulance over and over like we can't do that.
0: You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like me coming uh, as a songwriter, um, you always want to try different things. But when you, you know, from from a, a fan perspective, when I go see Thrice or like uh, Alkaline Trio, um, I mean, bad examples because I like their older, their newer stuff, too. But like, you know, if I go see like Radiohead, perfect. You mentioned them. So I don't want to hear anything beyond kid a you know but as a musician you're like oh but i just wrote this record you know and i want everyone to hear these new songs so it's like that that push and pull is real
1: yeah i i think this is in the book but i i was doing an event with to love in florida and Justin was there dustin Kenser was there doing a solo show and um the alchemy Index had just come out yep not too long before yeah and i love those i was always like a you know a average thrice fan but i was like man those are those are so great uh, but what a weird turn, you know, and I I made this big thing to him about like, I just think it's so cool. You're kind of doing whatever you want. And I feel like these, you know, these songs are so great and how cool that your fans are so loyal. They stick with you through these changes. And he laughed and he's like, "Ah, they didn't stick with us. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man. Yeah. Like, this is your career. You do have to be smart about <laughs> what you give your audience. But the fact that he's like, ah, eh, people didn't like it. <laughs> and that's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, So Also, in the book, you mentioned, uh, you know, basically uh, Fall Star, right? That was the band that you went on tour with. Uh, So uh, where where are they from? Idaho, was it? Uh, Portland. Portland. Okay, so how did you link up with them, and why did you decide to go on tour? Was it, like, just, like, a, a writing thing or just, like, a hanging out thing?
1: A little bit of both. I... I had known uh, a few of the members. I found out, knew a few of the members in different ways and didn't realize they were in a band, didn't realize they were all connected. Um, their singer, Chris, I went to community college with him and we both worked at the same mall. So we weren't even friends. It was more just, I'd see him in class and I was like, oh, you work at this store, right? And I'd see him at the mall and do the same thing. And uh, I would eavesdrop on him and his friends talking about what shows they went to the weekend before. And I was like, ooh, I was at that show. We should be friends. And uh <laughs> <laughs> so the, the tour thing was more of, they invited me on, I helped, I helped connect them with this clothing line that put them on just like a two week tour down, like we're from Portland, Oregon, so down to Texas and back. And so they invited me on that. And I remember thinking like, how cool that I'll get to go on tour one time. Like that's such a feather in my cap to be able to say, I did this thing, uh, you know, never thinking beyond two weeks that I'll just like, I'll do it once. And what a cool story <laughs> to have. And as soon as we got home, every single guy, normally, you know, you'd get home from something like that and you'd be like, all right, I don't want to see your face for a month, you know, <laughs> talk to you later. Uh, we were all hanging out again, like the next day and just trying to figure out when can we do this again? So, and I would write, yeah, I would write from the road. I was, I was the editor of a mag of a national magazine while touring. That wasn't ideal. because I was trying to write articles in the van. Uh, every stop, I just run to a Starbucks and try to turn something in. And Oh, that's so, interesting.
0: Was- what, what magazine was it?
1: Oh, that was for Substream Magazine. Oh, okay,
0: yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Um, and and so, what kind of articles were you writing, like handing in, basically, just out of curiosity?
1: Yeah, I mean, getting that job became—I uh, mean, that was my dream job at the time because I got to pick—I got to pick all my writers. I was managing about twenty to twenty-five writers at a time. I was choosing pretty much all the content. I'd say ninety-nine percent of the content for each issue. So I was able to you know, not you know, selfishly uh, be like, well, I've always wanted to talk to this band. Uh, now that I have this platform. I just got to wait for them to put a new record out so I have a reason to even ask, you know, to talk to them. But it was, my first cover was For Today, which I talked about a bit in the book. Um, and then bands like Tonight Alive, Let Live. The substream was really focused on who's the next thing and who, who's maybe not even the next thing, but who's someone that's working and hustling really hard Uh, behind the scenes that we hope is going to blow up even in a year or so like they put 21 pilots when i was there we had 21 pilots on the cover um far before ap far before they were everywhere
0: huge band now yeah
1: honestly too early probably looking back but it was such a we were just so proud to be like all right we're noticing bands that are hopefully by this time next year are going to be everywhere and and trying to make those predictions was super fun
0: is there uh, a band that you really love that you guys covered that just uh, it didn't, you know, it, it, they, they broke up, it didn't work out for them? You, you wanted a little bit more for them?
1: Oh, yeah that's, yeah, that's tough. I mean, not to say that everything we predicted came true. At all, <laughs> no, no. But
0: there, if there was a band that you, that you heard and you're like, man, this band should be the biggest band on the planet.
1: Yeah, um, there was a band that I, I kept seeing open for bands like Say Anything. They were called Pistolita. Um, I was just listening to him yesterday, even. They should have gotten a a much bigger shot at things. But for the most part, uh, our uh, substream was based out of Ohio, and Ohio at the time was just exploding. Um, 21 pilots being from Columbus, I believe, Um, and then we were trying to get MGK back in 2013, you know, right when he signed a bad boy and stuff, so... Yeah. The owner of Substream was in Ohio. It's so like he just had his finger on the pulse of all these bands that ended up being massive. So I was in Portland, like, well, we got this hardcore band I want to talk about, and <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't feel like I had as much local uh flavor to get into as as he did.
0: As he did, yeah. It, interesting too, like uh, Machine Gun Kelly, MGK, whatever. Uh What do you think of his like, you know, t- departure from hip hop to like make pop punk records?
1: It's- it's super interesting. Um I I see so many people angry about it and I don't I guess I don't have like that much of a vested interest to like feel really passionate about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Same. There's times yeah, there's times where I see him on stuff uh, and I just think oh, I don't know if he should be as big as he is and I d- I don't find him particularly charismatic or or interesting. Um I've I've spent about 30 seconds with him. That's all I can, you know, that's all, all I can base it on, but as far as I don't know. I the pop punk stuff he does isn't, isn't bad by any means. I mean,
0: doesn't John Feldman, I feel like John Feldman like co-wrote that record with him and probably wrote it for him.
1: He might have. I mean, I know Travis Barker was, you know, was heavily involved with him too. So I think he's, he's certainly got like a lot of good people around him for that genre, but people just seem to be pissed that he, I don't know, took such a turn or is like, Hey, you can't just switch genres. Like, I don't know why
0: people. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I mean, you can, if you <laughs> could, he played Tommy Lee
2: and then that's yeah. what changed. That's what, yeah, they,
0: no, for sure. Cause like, we're, we're like, he was, good too. he was great. We're older guys. We know Motley Crue and, and uh he did a very, for people like me and Brian, that grew up watching Tommy Lee's mannerisms. Right. I'm like this motherfucker like got his sh-, like he got his shit down, you know? So he's Ooh. probably thinking like,
2: I, love like that movie. I can do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the dirt was just uh, you know, a pretty interesting movie for sure. I, l- I wish all of it was true, but I mean, the right. timeline's all fucked up, but it was still entertaining at the end of the right. day. And uh, for a guy like Machine Gun Kelly to go from a hip hop career to like
2: a battling wild- Eminem too, like right before that, yeah. like, really going all in. I'm not in
1: super into that feud for sure. That, was, like, <laughs> yeah. that Me too. Was so yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. But yeah, and people, it, I mean, it's just so funny because people, you know, asking what side you'd fall on and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, I don't know these people. It doesn't really matter, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 35. And so I definitely had a little bit more of that old man. Like you can't, you can't do this to Eminem. Like Eminem's the greatest. Yeah. And so it does feel a little bit like, uh, I, I've been watching a ton of basketball documentaries too. And I was like, it's the same thing where people are like, well, LeBron and Jordan. I'm like, you can't, you can't say that. Like Jordan is all time, all time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. More and more realizing like, Oh, I'm old. And it's, you have your Jordan and you have your LeBron. Like it's, yeah. Same with Eminem and stuff like that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you do for sure. And, and it's like, uh, but objectively I listened to him both. And I think, I think machine gun Kelly really put out some, you know, like I I think I heard one or two disc records that he gave for M And I I thought they were very good. Like considering, um, you know, the guys had a career and he did, you know, like, but like bad boy was a big deal. Uh, but yeah, it's funny just to see him do this like pop punk thing, which I don't know anything about. So to me, it's like, do whatever you want. Yeah.
1: I, I really, really try like, cause I think we're so quick to, to say we hate something.
0: Um, I, yeah, I'm, we, we're not here. Like I don't, we don't hate anything to me. I'm like, if you, if you, uh, maybe Brian does, but like, to me, <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking like, you know, if, if you got a fan base and you put shit out and people fuck with you, by all means, it's not my thing, but, do your thing?
1: Well, so yeah. So MGK was on like SNL and that video was everywhere. I can't, I can't even think of the name of the song, but his, his first main really catchy single. <clears throat> and I found myself being like, Oh yeah, I don't really like that. He's doing this and, and being exactly what we're talking about and then stopping and being like, I, I need to at least be able to say, I listened to the whole record. Like if I, oh, to it and I don't like it, you have to fair. But for the, but I was like, as of right now, I've heard one song a few times and I'm kind of annoyed with it. Yeah, I got it. I got to at least give it a
0: fair shot. You have to, because people will be like, oh, I hate it. And it's like, well, what's your least favorite song? And it's like, I didn't Uh, even listen to it. It's like, but yeah, it's like you could say you're indifferent towards it. There's no need for you to listen to it. So, But um, going to the book, man, I I always find it fascinating when someone writes a book, uh, like the undertaking part of it. Like, how do you like are there? situations that maybe you recall differently and you're wondering if they really happened the way they did, you know, like yeah. what, does that exercise like in your mind?
1: I hope that it like really strength. I hope it was like old man exercises where instead of doing uh, crossword puzzles, like I did this and I hope that strengthens some memory muscle in there. Um, thankfully I journaled a lot through it. And then I still know a lot of the people, you know, from a lot of the stories um, I tend to, I tend to trust my memory pretty good. I also know that the people that were there have way worse memories than I do. So (laughs) if I, if I try to clarify something, they might be like, I don't, I don't remember any of that. Like write whatever you want, because I don't remember that happening at all.
0: You didn't microdose,
1: Right. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) kind of what it, kind of what it came down to. I think. No, I, I I remember like kind of wrapping up the book and being like, my worst fear being like somebody contacting me that I haven't seen in a while that is in one of the stories and being like, dude, not cool. That's, that's what
2: I was gonna ask you if you had to be like real selective like man, I would love to write about this particular thing, but I don't think I should put this in here
1: i, I thankfully I only ended up taking one story out of the yeah. final product um and and partially, I mean, I didn't I feel like there's only a few slightly negative stories and i that's that's where I chose not to quote name drop anyone because it's it's not it's just not that kind of book, but I think mm-hmm. I also wanted to include some things where uh things just didn't turn out the best or even to embarrass myself and be like yeah when i was younger and i was first starting here's something embarrassing and stupid i did uh with this band or said to this band so i wanted to include like stuff that i didn't want the whole book to just make it sound like i'm only going to tell all the positive stories about me and only make me look no
0: no for sure Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it's got it's got to be compelling on on that level for sure um so being that we're from long island and uh shout out to my buddy mark um, you had some interactions with taking back Sunday. Uh, yeah. what were those?
1: Oh man. I, I, that's talk about a band where like someone showed them to me and I didn't like them at the beginning at, at first. And then the biggest comeback in terms of one of my all time favorite bands, I love every song on every album. It, it makes me mad when someone says like, Oh, I remember them or where have they been? I'm like, they've been consistently putting out great music. That's what they've been doing. Um, so I and I talk about a bit about New Jersey in the book, but Long Island, same thing, where I was so jealous of what was coming out of there uh, in my like high school and college days, where I was just like, man, like if if you were just a local kid over there, it sounds like you could have just gone to the greatest shows every weekend. You would have been seen Brand New and Bayside and Taking Back Sunday and the Movie Life. Like, what a magical, <laughs> what a magical place you guys are from. <laughs> <laughs> for bad sure. too, but
0: <laughs> um what so what would be your
1: favorite taken back sunday album oh man um it changes a lot but i a lot of times i mean people really don't like new again and that's way up there for me oh I know, okay they I, I the first time i got to sit, i got to do a physical in-person sit down with uh adam and john i think i asked them about that or i asked adam and um he's like Ah, oh, well some of it was like You know just what was happening in the band at the time and then just it you know sonically didn't come out the way we wanted and I I felt like so compelled to be like it's so good though like I think like it sucks that you don't like it and I get it and you're the creator um, but I think a lot of people love it and hopefully you can like take some solace in that yeah so to your original question um, (laughs) I just they were a band that were probably among two or three others that I was like if I can ever reach that level and it's not that taking back sundays you too or something they're not unattainable but it was the importance of it of them to me if i can ever be sitting down with them that would be that'd be a huge achievement
0: cool yeah i mean for you know to some people they are their U you too you know like yeah. <laughs> to some people you, <laughs> some kids are like fuck you too
2: <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you still go out on the road and, um and like right on the road is it, is it is that something you you don't do anymore or did did you miss it? To like,
1: a... yeah, I've really missed doing it. I probably haven't. I mean, besides the pandemic, I haven't done a tour probably in five or six years, or so. Even like a short run.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, False Star has one coming up. I mean, I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen with it now, but and they invited me on that, and I the last the last yeah four or five years, if I would get invited on something, I just thought, man, like try to think back when you were in your early 20s and you would just jump at this chance versus being in your early thirties and being like, that sounds awful. <laughs> like I can't <laughs> sleep on the concrete underneath a van at Walmart anymore. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. That ain't happening. <laughs> that's
1: really going to make me mad. That first night I'm going to be like, this was a really bad decision. <laughs>
0: this, so. I'm going to a
1: hotel. There's something when you're in your, your I mean in your twenties, you're with all your friends. It's, it's an adventure. Like, you know, it's sure. not going to be plush by any means, but I think when you're older and you realize like, Oh, that I've had those memories, I've had those experiences. I can lock those away. Mm -hmm. I don't know if at 35. Yeah. I need any more of that. At the same time, if I had all the freedom to do it, you need a place to sleep with
2: back support.
0: Yeah. So as, as far, as far as, um, you know, like, uh, uh, influences go writers and stuff. Do you have like any, um, like authors that you're a big fan of that that influence you in any way?
1: Yeah. Um, as far as maybe more on like the religious side of things, Rob Bell is a huge one. I talk about him a ton in the book. Um, he's written a bunch of stuff but the book that he was kind of became more mainstream famous for was called love wins which was uh, rob's a former pastor and stuff but he basically presented like i don't know if uh i don't know if there is a heaven and hell like i don't know if it's as black and white as as what we talk about in church and and what it takes to get there or not get there and stuff so that was a huge controversy and a, and a big deal but he's a guy uh like other writers where i feel like he just he presents a thing that's like, hey, remember how, you know, like, think about how we've thought the same thing, the same way about the same topic your whole life. What if we take one step to the right and look at it from this angle? And it's just like, blows my mind every time. Do, um, do, do
0: progressive thinking people like that often, they probably get like hammered in that community,
1: yeah. right? Big time. I don't yeah. know if it's as bad as it used to be. Um, I think it's changing a lot. Uh, are you guys familiar with like Tammy Faye Baker? Jim yeah, Walker? yeah. Their son Jay. Um, oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, great, great dude. And so I love talking to him about this stuff because he grew up with like the most intense version of of that, you know, televangelist uh, and all just all that stuff. And so I love talking to him about like where the church was, where it's gone. Like that he's he's now covered in tattoos, and yeah, he's a guy that if he was you know walked in their church back then, you know, maybe would have had a rough time. So yeah, I don't, I, I hope that that's changing a lot. I don't know that people get as hammered about it. Um, it's still, still certainly there. It's not a circle. I feel like I'm in as much so.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. curious. Just curious. uh yeah. Like we, we like to always ask about influences and stuff like yeah. that on, on the show. Um, like, you know, whenever musicians like listen back to their record, this is always like a thought in my head, like you yeah. put out, you put out a book, um, Obviously, you can't like read the whole thing in two seconds and be like, oh, you know, like a, I, I really hate chapter two. But like w- what is like the self-criticism for a writer like you, yeah. you know, like what what's that angle like?
1: Oh, man. Yeah. And this book took uh, about a, like, a little over two years yeah. rereading it and correcting stuff. And that's that's what I imagine. Yeah. It's like with a record, too. But you're going over it and over it. And you're like you're second guessing stuff the whole time. You're just like, I, I I don't know. I don't want anyone to see this. Maybe I shouldn't even put it out. At all. Yeah, yeah. It's embarrassing. So self-criticism wise, I mean, there's certainly stuff that's like, man, do I, like I said earlier, do I just sound like I've never made a mistake ever? Like, am I only presenting stories where I look, I come out looking good?
0: Good point. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And so I've really tried to push to like, yeah, show stuff where I said or did something stupid. I'm sure that I'm sure there's more that I have left out and blocked out of my mind completely anyway. But yeah, the self-criticism is, is hard I mean
0: with anything like when you make yeah. when you make art it's just or like you something know, personal yeah. yeah it's just just something like you like you I always uh, you, you mentioned something earlier where you're like who am I and through life that's something that I always ask myself whenever I feel a certain way I'm always like well who the fuck am I <laughs> like you know and that's what prevents me from like you know the high horse look down I'm thinking like I'd say
1: something but who the fuck am I <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like I could, I could tell you on every single story in the book, I could, I could go back to being in my body and in my brain at the time and thinking like, I don't deserve to be here. Or like, I'm I'm a nuisance by being here. A friend of mine was like, so you have, you now have all these stories collected in this, in this one volume, in this one book, like, I don't know how you can look at this and still think like you didn't do anything or that yeah. you didn't deserve like this, this stuff wouldn't have happened if you were, if you weren't good at your job or you didn't, you know, know the right people or whatever. So I'm still, it's so easy to just explain a way of like, yeah, but anyone could do that. Or like, you know, anyone could meet this band and, and talk about this, like anyone could do it. And in some ways you're like, yeah, you're right, but you did it. You yeah. Did it. Followed through.
0: <laughs> I totally relate to that because yeah. whenever we talk to someone that, you know, like a friend is, you know, loves or whoever, they're like, oh my God, congratulations. I was like, I mean, I have a mic and Wi Fi. Like, what <laughs> I didn't do anything. I didn't just, yeah. all I did was just message someone. They're like, yeah, well, I'll do your stupid show <laughs> or, yeah, like, Andrew- you, or like, or yeah. like a show. Like, if my band gets offered like a big show, like, they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm like, kind of, but not really. You know, like, no one gives a shit. Like, they just yeah. asked us to play.
1: <laughs> oh, and there, cause you, cause you want to say like, for every one of those, you know, guests that said yes, there's 10 that I wanted that said no. So there's always a way to justify it. To make yeah, it cool.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, and I think it just, you know, it's nice to be grounded in certain things. You know, it's just how we grew up. You know, like I, I get a test for me and Brian for sure. It's like, you know, it's... I grew up with friends that just, man, they are never going to compliment you. And that's how I grew up. And I like it. It's like, cool. It's like breaking balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, isn't this cool? They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I know that, you know, they, 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 you know, it's, it's all love at the end and shit. So mm-hmm. um, just uh, last question on the book uh, or, or, or about books really now that this is under your belt, is there something that you're eyeing for a next project as far as like writing? Frozen. Yeah, let me just message him. Looks like he's
2: frozen in deep thought.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he really laid it out on that question, bro.
0: <laughs> a okay, all right, so you're back, you're back, you're, you're back. Go ahead.
1: I heard I, I, you asked if there's something in my uh, mind for the next book. Yes. The
0: last yeah, like, is, is there is there something that, that basically that, you know, that, that you, even if you have nothing planned, is there something that you're looking forward to writing about?
1: Yeah, I, so since this book took about two years to come out and I was editing and it was you know mostly done I started writing the next thing uh which is just a fictional comedy so it's like nothing related to what I've done before um I have like a a bit of a loose goal of like can I write one book in all my favorite genres just like pick you know say like comedy or thriller nonfiction, and whether I'm just putting that out myself or being published like this time I thought that would just be a really fun experiment. However, a huge undertaking <laughs> as well. So since there has also been some stories that I left out of this one and that have happened since the book wrapped, and if I continue to be a podcaster and interviewer, maybe I can gather more. The last year and a half has felt like a complete, obviously a complete timeout where I just have no stories. <laughs> yeah. Or very, you know, I'm doing for the for my podcast. I'm still doing you know interviews and stuff, but. Uh, um, I feel like that's less likely to produce something than you know going down to the venue and sitting in a in a gross green room and having a conversation. So, I hope so. I hope I can do something else music related.
0: Ah, oh, that that's cool. I mean, listen, if you're writing a, f- a fucking comedy, that's a big deal. Um, so, I asked you to compile two lists for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the live show aspect of the book and your life and our lives i thought it'd be interesting if if you just named your you know five live performances that you saw that just kind of blew you away
1: yeah um it was hard to come up with just five i think (laughs) i a lot of times it was the first time i saw a band that i had just been obsessed with um jimmy world certainly being one of them just every time i mean if nothing else they just they sound perfect i mean you could put headphones on me and i think it's same thing they're immaculate
0: are you are you a a clarity guy or a bleed american
1: um i do love clarity but bleed american was yeah the first like okay this is incredible that's one of the first albums where i realized that every a a band could put out an album where every song is good that seemed like a foreign concept (laughs) yeah interesting yeah i'm
0: i'm I'm a static prevails guy
1: oh even further back (laughs) Have you, do you, do you still like every, like,
0: did you like futures? Oh, I I future. I, so my two favorites are, listen, I like the first four, but funny enough out of the first four, um, uh, bleed American is my least favorite, Mm. but I love futures. I love clarity. I mean, shit. I, (laughs) we did a Halloween Jimmy world set. So that that's how I fuck with them. And, and, you know, we threw big casino, like I'm a big fan of, of the whole catalog, but like, something super special about the first four so i
1: have yeah i haven't been as on board the last probably two albums or so the last one that i really really loved and spent a lot of time with was uh invented i think that that was like a bit of a return to like futures and American
0: okay yeah i I like damages too
1: yeah yeah man i'm gonna go listen to that after yeah yeah, for sure um
0: Um, yeah okay so jimmy world
1: okay yeah, Jimmy World, uh, Circa Survive would be another one. I same. Th- well, I was never even a giant circus fan. Like I kind of knew the hits and I knew a handful of songs. And Anthony Green is just like born to do what he does. Uh, just an incredible showman, and his voice is so insane. So, and and it's been every time that I've seen them, where it's just something kind of just alien about that guy. I talk about him a lot. He has a whole chapter in the book. Too because he's just such a unique dude to talk to.
0: Super talented, great singer.
1: Yeah. Um, Thursday as well. Yeah. Getting closer to Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Same thing with Thursday, where I I remember seeing a thing where they said that when Thursday started, they called their singer Jeff Rickley. His nickname was Tone Jeff. And that's funny. I just remember, yeah, I remember hearing them for the first time and seeing them live where I was like, yeah, this guy isn't necessarily a great singer at all uh i guess i don't care about that <laughs> apparently i don't care about what sounds really good well
0: that right that, re- that re- the record um uh, full collapse was like a game changer. So that was like an artist in the ambulance thing. That was like a defining of like a of of a time for sure. And uh, funny enough that you mentioned that, like me and him had the same vocal teacher, which I thought was funny as well. Oh no, uh, <laughs> Melissa Cross. <laughs> yeah, but uh, boy,
1: and Melissa Cross is amazing.
0: She's amazing. She's amazing. And and uh, but I remember when I saw them live, uh, at, at a festival. Yeah, it wasn't the same because. When you listen to Full Collapse, there's so many backing vocals, but regardless, a really great live band, um, and that record in particular was just like one like a Mount Rushmore type record for that genre, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I got a friend of mine I remember in high school burned me Full Collapse and Artist in the Ambulance on the same day. Wow! And I went home and put on Full Collapse first and. I was so obsessed with it. I I forgot about artists. I didn't listen to that for another like maybe 10 years or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause I, it wasn't even like, obviously this rice band is going to suck. I just completely forgot about it. Yeah. Um, oh man. There's, there is so many, I'm like looking around my room at my flags and, uh and vinyl and stuff. Um,
0: you're not, you're not going to mention dashboard, uh you know, Swiss army romance. I know.
1: I have you can't see it, I, behind my laptop. I have a huge dashboard uh, flag actually. I do. I mean, I, I certainly I am a huge Chris Graba fan and everything he does. I will say, how about this? I will say I saw him perform with Further Scenes Forever, um, which by the time I got onto them, he would he had already moved on uh, back in the early 2000s. But they put out a record in 2014 where he came back and you know did a record with them and did a short tour. And I flew down to LA to see it because I just remember thinking like, there's, I'm never gonna get this chance again, and that was that was way up there to see a dude that we'd all come to know as like the mellow, you know, stand in one place with an acoustic guitar, uh, go back to kind of like his more like rock emo roots and really command the stage and not have a guitar and run around and yeah, I was like, this guy can kind of do anything. And then number five, there's it's more that I don't want to leave a band out, but I easy pick would be the chariot have you guys ever seen them
0: i know the name but i don't know yeah
1: yeah the chariot and then a band like let live which is now most people would say uh, the fever 333 is is, his new band but uh the chariot was just i mean for anyone listening like look up their video for the song called the city and it's just a compilation of live stuff i had I had never seen a band actually act like that on stage. I mean, setting stuff on fire and running across the crowd, like on top of kids' heads and and <laughs> never losing energy. It wasn't just like, man, those first three songs, you know, were, were great. And then they really mellowed out. It's, it was a completely, not only just like complete chaos, but I never saw a fight. I never saw like anything ugly happen. It was just like such a like joyful party around total chaos and like, like total violence. But it was it wasn't it was like all smiles. So I don't know how they cultivated that type of show, but never seen anyone else do that.
0: Uh, yeah, that's the five right there. And uh, the last thing that that uh, I asked you was just if you name five albums through your life, being that music is such a big part of your life. I, I just thought it would be interesting to ask you those two questions, the live performances as well as the five albums. So if you give me five albums that you have just stuck with you through your life, we all want to hear
1: yeah uh so definitely dashboard places you've come to fear the most um same i got that the same day as save the day stay what you are and i always say that before i got those two albums that everything on my playlist was corn and dmx um and lincoln park which no no offense to them but i mean talk about a right turn than just going into like emo heartbreak music um so those both those two yeah were huge um mxpx slowly going the way of the buffalo that's that's one that pretty much any christian youth group kid will name as this was the first time that i could listen to something that uh was fast and the guys all had tattoos and it was cool it was still it was like safe you know that was a big one um yeah thursday full collapse i i genuinely remember thinking because I, I, this was in high school and i was like trying to write lyrics and you know write poetry like all high school kids do mm. and and hearing and reading jeff rickley's lyrics and being like i shouldn't even try this yeah guy was he was good yeah coolest, yeah coolest stuff i've ever heard um i will never write like him and then i probably tried to rip him off for the next year or so um i'm looking at my gosh i i probably also tell all your friends tell I all your mean, friends i would i would love to hear maybe kind of what the splash that the splash that that album made where you guys grew up and stuff but that same thing as Thursday where it was just the lyrics were incredible they were so clever like Adam's and Adam and John's back and forth on on stuff like cute was what we aim for I'd never heard anything like that and then seeing what they looked like and kind of I feel like they there were other bands that, that dressed like them and stuff for sure but I it was the first one that I saw you know like the way that Adam dressed I thought was so cool and his haircut was so cool and maybe the first band where I thought I was, in, I was then influenced by more than just like the music. It was even like the style. Like it was becoming more than just a song. And I I ended up like having friends that dress that way and listen to those bands. And I was like, cool, like this is where I want to be. Like this is the club that I think is so cool I want to be in. And that, that was because of TBS.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, listen, uh, these are the things that influenced you growing up and uh that's great you know we we all have that um so before i let you go uh once again the name of the book is name dropping that's like what everyone calls it for short and stuff man uh and but it's like you know the long title guide say the long title
1: uh seeking creative truth through trendy altruism and punk rock
0: and and you mentioned uh the word emo a few times so my last question. Being that we're we're old and we remember uh, rites of spring, and maybe that was like the only emo thing we remember. What is what is emo? Like, what does it mean to you? Like, is is it just a word that you say? Like, we say grunge,
1: right? I I feel like it's there's just such a huge debate about it because I I still get uppity when I you know see people talk about my chemical romance being emo, um, and not that they're not. I think that maybe the word just evolved, but. I always feel like that grandpa that wants to step in and be like no 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 like it's it's dashboard it saves the day it's it's goodwill t-shirts it's like if someone showed me my chemical romance when i was 15 i would have said like oh this is like afi this is like goth rock you know whatever so i think it's it's just been a word that's evolved so much it's been a really negative word for a lot of years and i think now just that we're so obsessed with nostalgia i think it's an okay word again (laughs) um but to me, it, it, to me, like Dashboard's always been known as like the king of emo. So I feel like that's by definition, it's that type of music. It's okay. that mellow heartbreak. Yeah, it's not, I, I hated when it became like associated with like, you know, self-injury and depression and, and stuff. Like I, I get it, but right. yeah, it was, I wasn't depressed listening to the Dashboard. It was just like, oh man, yeah, like I was 15 and, and thinking like, yeah, in the next couple of years will be full of heartbreak probably. And I'll have some great songs to listen to when that happens, <laughs> and I'm I'm happy about it. I'm excited for that part of life. Versus, I'm just depressed and I wear eyeliner, and that's that's it's all fine. I just I thought it was weird that emo became associated with with that. I guess.
0: Yeah. No. No. I mean, like I said, I that was wow. the cure for me. Yeah, I, I meant to, yeah the cure like we mentioned the cure and like I write writes a spring from like nineteen you know mid '80s so yeah. uh it's I guess it's just something that just evolved and I was just curious on your take on it so but uh yo man Jameson yeah. glad thank we, you glad we could finally uh get this in and uh, good luck with your book and uh, I don't know anytime you want to come back just hit me up
1: oh man I would love to if if we're off too I got another Long Island question for you if you got a minute.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, we could be off right now.